Hey everyone, and welcome back to Tales of Esperon. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun character stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have zero idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may, or eh, who we're kidding, you're probably familiar with it, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Now, we loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories, independent of the lore and often problematic content that comes with D&D right out of the box. In short, this just means that we use dice to decide what happens next to our characters, until we can come up with a better system ourselves. Roll high? Maybe you're... Sneaky little kobold aces a stealth check in plain sight. Roll low. Maybe that fireball spell was a bit too hot for you to handle. Let's roll the dice and find out what happens next. Together. The tale begins tonight, frozen, a moment of time suspended before our very eyes. Alea stands bravely among the wreckage of this strange airship, hands shielding her eyes from a wave of golden luminous light. At the epicenter of this radiant bloom, the marble-skinned Asimar stands crushing a black crystal in its many spectral hands. All around us, golden light is washing through the clearing upon the plane of dream like a wave brilliantly crashing upon a shore. Within this sea of light, a menagerie of images is reflected outwards towards us. A woven tapestry of memory, once sealed within the now shattered crystal. A tale crafted in violence, hope, greed, and a little bit of childlike splendor. This is the story of a seed, planted by the thrall of a cosmic predator in the home of a dear cobalt family. Okay, um, does anyone have any questions before we start? Nope. How quick do you think we're all gonna die? Oh, like instantaneously. You have very little hit points. <laughs> Sweet! I can tell you most of the adventures have at least 40 hit points, so... Oh, jeez. All right. Let's get this massacre over with. <laughs> How many? I have a lot on one of them, comparatively speaking. <laughs> yeah, I mean. What level are they again? What level are they? I think they're five. Yeah, so one of my, wow. one of my guys has 25 hit points. Mm. Which means, you know, he could take a hit. <laughs> okay. So for the audience listening in, this is a special kind of one-shot episode of Dales of Asperon. We're going to be digging into a game written by a good friend of the show named Carolina Kawupska. And she has written a kind of one-shot adventure where the players are a family of kobolds defending their home against a group of level five adventurers who are trying to steal all their stuff. 
And what's cool about this is rather than having the dungeon master build the dungeon, set all the traps, you know, plan everything, the players get to do that. So the dungeon that we're playing in has been designed by them. All the stuff in it has been contributed by the players. For this particular episode, I'd like to welcome two, well, three guests. Um, first, we have Keeper Susanna from the Thornvale podcast. Hi. If you want, tell us a little bit about yourself, where we can find you. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Susanna. I'm from Thornvale. It's a lot of fun. It is a Monster of the Week actual play podcast with uh, a bunch of people with dragon powers and some weird magic-y stuff. It's a lot of fun. I'm doing a terrible job. describing it (laughs) oh it's fine it the show's wonderful it's so great thank you yes so we focus on hard-hitting monsters and a lot of really fun role play so come check us out it's uh thornvale t-h-o-r-n-v-a-l-e and you can pretty much find it wherever you listen to podcasts if you don't email us at thornvalepodcast.com and we'll put it wherever you listen um for anyone who happened to catch the streamed one shot we did where we all played Monster of the Week. Um, that show was run by Susanna, and it's in her yeah. universe and her world. So if you watch that and you really enjoyed it, you'll definitely love the, everything else her show has to offer. Yes, yes. My show is, is a bit darker than that, so if you like good, dark, hard-hitting monsters, that's, uh, that's what I do. That's why I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> next, we have Nikki from Top of the Round, which is another actual play show. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Do you want me to say things? <laughs> I'll say things, sure. You don't have to, no pressure. Oh, no, no, I will. Uh, I'm from Top of the Round. We're a D&D 5e actual play podcast that prioritizes, wow, I can't speak, prioritizes storytelling and role play. Uh, we're dark fantasy. Our DM is is something Something oh boy. else. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Um <laughs> your show is stressful <laughs> to listen to. Stressful. However, if you want to get sucked into a whole lot of lore, like jumping into like a 12 volume fantasy series, um, come and check us out. Uh we're at Totercast, TOTR Cast on Twitter and top of the round.com. Um, fun fact, if you find us on Apple Podcasts and you scroll down to maybe you'll like this other, you know, show, Thornville is actually like our first one. <laughs> and I think we're the first one on theirs, too. There you go. So, yeah, just just to make it easy on you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. just go ahead and subscribe to both of us. Yeah, exactly. And Tales of Aspirin, because it's very important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're all buddies here. I didn't invite you here to plug me. Stop that. <laughs> They're already listening I did to the show. Anyway. <laughs> um, you can't stop me. <laughs> and next we have um he's a very good friend of mine, Scruff. Hi. I just go by Scruff. I don't really have uh, anything to plug. Just friend of the show. Um and just for a little peek behind things that are coming, um we're in the process of writing a- another campaign for the show. Um be a different story. Um, taking place on another part of Asperon, um, the coast, which is jungles and like oceanic adventure, pirates, and all the like. And Scruff's going to be a member on that show, uh, along with a couple other friends of ours. Exciting. So, and you're about to get yourself a lot of work, aren't you? Yeah. Got to build that big, big, big <laughs> backlog. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so let's get this show on the road. 
So, again, we're playing a game written by Karolina Kulubska, and you can find it. Oh, AV. Duh. Sorry. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm AV. Uh, I am a. I play Alea on Tales of Aspiron. Um You can find me on twitch.tv slash AV, A-V-E-E underscore I-I. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Cool, cool. All of you should be familiar with AV's hijinks already, but it's good to have you here as always. Okay, so we are playing an adventure, again, written by Karolina Kowupska. Um, You can find it on, I'm pretty sure it's on DMs Guild. Um, there'll be a link to it in our episode description. But our players here will be playing kobolds, defending their home from a group of adventurers. And I'm going to start us off here with a little narration. On this night, we find ourselves in something called the White Leaf Wood, which fans of our show would be familiar with. It was the place where our first adventure took place. Among this forest of tall, thin birch trees and ashen white leaves, our view weaves through the trees as light being cast from the rings around the planet illuminate the forest around us. Our view begins with the rustle. Ru our view begins with the rust rustle of a bush just off the beaten path of the white leaf wood, not far from the road. A now empty wagon sits with horses tied to nearby birch trees. On the ground lies a pile of still burning embers from a camp of someone who has entered the woods not long ago. From this little makeshift campsite, our eyes careen through the forest and the woods around us become a blur as the ashen leaves soon become this chalky blur to our senses. Then, as sudden as this started, our visual journey stops within a small patch of open forest, only a few hours from a hidden subterranean cobalt layer. Through the trees above, a shaft of ring light illuminates this clearing around us. Within it, we see the hunched, wrinkled form of Fiden, the wizard. Upon his head sits a crooked, goofy, pointed hat covered in patches of what look to be faded suns, illustrated. In his crotchety old wrinkled hand, we see a faint light illuminating the map of the wood. Uh, I, I think it was, uh, fear. From behind, a sharp, angry voice pierces through the silence of the forest. What do you mean, think, old man? Birds scatter at this outburst as Callan the fighter steps from the woods into the clearing. Callan hates when the wizard gets them lost. Without producing a sound, a hooded figure steps out from the tree line and speaks. I have found tracks, Gobold. We are getting close. And finally, from behind them, a woman stands up from the rock in which she was seated, just out of our line of sight. In her hand, a large maul and a shining shield strapped to her forearm. Let's get going then. We've got a warren to cleanse. From here, our vision is torn backwards, away from the ashen forest around us, as it again becomes a blur of chalky whites and browns. Then we are suddenly thrust down into the soil, and our view plunges through winding tunnels as we arrive in Cobalt Den, hidden beneath the earth somewhere in the White Leaf Wood. Seated around a crystal orb perched upon a ruddy, destroyed wooden table, we see a motley family of kobolds, looking curiously and some a little frightened into this scrying orb as reflected in its light, we can see 
the adventuring party, making their way through the wood. All of you now, with your kobolds, are sitting around this scrying orb. You see the witch, the leader of your den, this intimidating old crotchety kobold, leans back, grabs her hand on her staff. We have a problem, family. Um, at this point, if any of you would like to describe some of your kobolds, feel free. Okay. I never wrote down my actual descriptions of my other two kobolds, but I do have the barbarian. I'll just go. I'll just or at go. least I lost the notes. <laughs> yeah. In kobold fashion. It's fine. Okay. So probably the biggest kobold there is Zuck Zucknik. And he is a big, like, barbarian, you know? Like, he's probably, like, almost... The... How big are kobolds usually? Like, three feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's probably, like, almost the size of a dwarf. He's, like, a big kobold. He's got really big muscles. He also has what I would like to call delusions of grandeur. He thinks he's going to be, like, the best fighter that ever lived. And he spends, like, all his days punching trees and, like, doing push-ups, but doesn't have any, like, actual training. So he sees enemies in the orb and he's itching for combat. Oh, yeah, totally. He's going to be, like, front and center. And then we see uh, a wizard that is kind of sitting off a little bit by himself because um, his name is Gas Snuggy. And uh, as his name implies, he um, doesn't have the best digestive system. Oh no. So, oh God. <laughs> so he doesn't sit too close to most of the others uh, a lot of times, but he's quite a good wizard as far as kobolds go. He's um, good at that old, what is it, flame touch? I don't play D&D. That's okay. He, he does magic. What's the word? There's one that he does. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> oh, he can actually do fireball. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So he's he's one of those. He's a he's a good good wizard. He's not not amazing, but he's not bad. And then finally, you see talking to everyone is uh, Itchy Ghibli, <laughs> and uh, Itchy is a cleric of what god? I don't even think he knows. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know, he kind of he kind of prays in a scatterbrained way, and someone's paid attention to him enough to give him a little bit of power, and that's uh, that's his thing. He's he's very talkative, and he's probably talking to my favorite of these kobolds, which is one of Nikki's. All right, perfect lead-in. Nikki, do you wanna do you know who I'm talking about? Are you talking about my bard? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. Cool. So. Uh, her kobold is talking to K-Bold, who is a kobold <laughs> by some miracle has a, like, blue mohawk and is currently talking very enthusiastically, saying bro a lot, and he's kind of rocking his head back and forth, like he has, you know, like a tune going on in there. Um, <laughs> and then, let's see, there's two other there's another like off to the side a little bit uh kobold dressed all in like white and black stripes that's just like miming panic motions um and that's a monk named mimi and then uh probably without anybody standing like super close or sitting super close is queen lasalatina fair wow i can't 
I can't believe I did this to myself. Ferio, Romaldeo, Ferenda, Calf, Petunia, Alexander, who is a ranger and smells of manure and mint, uh, thinks she is a queen because she spent too much time smelling manure and carries around a stick that she thinks is her staff. So That name is that's a what I got. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Avi or Scruff, either of you. You, if, you don't have to go in depth um, if you don't have anything. If not, just kind of describe what cobalts you'll be playing. I have, uh, we've got a cobalt ranger named Nogs. Uh, they think they're super sneaky um, and they try to hide, quotation marks, hide, uh, in plain sight. Um, they think they can read the future, uh, but they obviously can't and they get it wrong every time. Uh, and they run a failing private investigation company. Uh, then we have- uh, For who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, then they have then I have a uh, cobalt druid named Ozu um, they have a really weird green thumb and things constantly grow on and around them and they hate it uh, absolutely despise it they are constantly trying to free themselves from vines and they get really grumpy when they're in or around nature so all the time um, and their bait their dream is all they want to do is live in a big city be an interior designer with their modern taste <laughs> and then uh the last one is the warlock uh snucks who is a tone-deaf warlock who is constantly gossiping and chattering uh they're constantly telling everyone secrets um they yeah they're just there's just always chatting usually nonsense and 100 percent of the time just gossip whether true gossip or false gossip, it just doesn't matter. It's gossip. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Scruff. So, my three kobolds are identical twins. They're triplets. <laughs> yes. Um, they look damn near identical, except for uh, these patches that just has their name on it. And their names... Oh, wait. I think it's a sorcerer, a fighter, and a... Uh, Paladin. Yeah, those are the three. And the names are Billy, Bill, and Will. William. Yeah. (laughs) Those are their names. Those poor poor kobolds. (laughs) (laughs) So, as the witch leans back and taps her staff on the floor, all of you are kind of excitedly conversing and going back and forth, and the witch goes, the witch says we must prepare they are but two two and a half hours from here quick hurry make as many traps as you can and prepare they are here to take everything they have we cannot allow that and as she says it her crotchety arm like sweeps across the crowd and you can see her finger is like bent and messed up as she like swings around and just points at each and every one of you i want your top game Understood? She puts their finger right in Mimi's face. <laughs> uh, she nods enthusiastically in a mime-like way. Not a peep. That's a good one. Um, and the witch taps her staff on the ground and goes, Well, what are you waiting for? Go! Go! At that, our view pulls backwards as this motley band of 12 to 16 kobolds scatter across the room. Now, to get into some detail about how this game works, we sat down before this recording to build and plan the Cobalt's home. 
the Whiteleaf Warren. The very same Warren where our adventurers slayed the dragon, the one that was corrupted by Black Crystal, in the middle of that grove, and tried to eat them all alive. Now this game, the 11th day, provides you with mechanics to customize the length of your one-shot session by deciding how many rooms a Cobalt Warren has, with one primary rule. A Warren must have an entrance and a ritual chamber. Now, the players get to design this wonderful little home. They have one hour to design and trap their homes in order to snare and slow down the adventurers. As the DM, I just got to sit back and enjoy the chaos and, you know, take notes on the crazy stuff that they're coming up with. Our dear Cobalt family have decided to have a ritual chamber, a pudding pit, a mini movie theater, the salad bar of desolation, the main coon is this even the main coon committee chamber? And finally, the fun tunnel. In the next phase of this adventure, the players decide where they would like their kobolds to be within their new home. And they can plan out any ambushes to slow down the adventurers as much as possible. Alright, let's get back into the fun. Over the next two hours, we watch as these kobolds start digging weird, bending tunnels through the main passages to confuse their interlopers. We see them, one of them, who, which of these kobolds would be the one who is stuck in the salad bar? You guys can decide that. The bills. All the bills are currently surrounding a very pristine wooden chair in the corner, delicately placing vegetables and bones of an animal around this chair in like an intimidating aura. Um, nice. We'll find out why later. Our view slides down a very slick and thin tunnel that smells like fresh oil and leads us into a chamber that smells of cats. Inside this long and towering chamber, there are wooden rails and walkways that weave their way through this big open room. And there are dozens of large cats, which the kobolds use as mounts. We see them fiddling with some of the strange light apparatuses that they use to play with the cats, making some kind of modic modifications. Mike, wait, you you have to... They're Maine Coons. They are Maine Coons. You um, have to ex you have to tell them they're Maine Coons. Yes, okay. So we see one of the kobolds standing in front of a bunch of cat... Um, like, or a bunch of cat dens. And inside we see the dozens of Maine Coon cats, which, if you don't know what a Maine Coon is, they're like the size of a toddler if you hold them up. They're big. <laughs> a giant cat. Yeah, they're, they're ridiculously big. Big enough for a kobold to ride, easily. Um, and it seems like they're preparing them for battle or distress or something. Our view careens away through an odd wooden rotating tunnel filled with forks and knives and then lifts through the soil. And in the very back chamber of this big cobalt barren, we see the witch. Hunched over a circle on the ground with candles lit in an odd formation. There is a book opened in front of her and scrawled across its pages, written in well-faded ink, are draconic words that we can't quite understand, as she begins to chant under her breath. And the candles alight as she starts to maintain a ritual to summon help for the kobolds when their home becomes under siege. Um, at this point, um, I would like all of you to kind of place your cobalts wherever you would want them to be. Okay. 
well, Zuck is going to die immediately, so he's going to go up front. <laughs> he's going to be in the main coon room. Okay, we'll all go up with all the cats. Yeah. Um, uh, so will the queen. <laughs> let's see. Gas is a scaredy cat. He's going to be in the pudding room, which I don't believe you talked about. I did not talk about the pudding room. They have a weird hot tub filled with pudding. <laughs> is it a trap? Uh, is it not? We don't know because it's no one wants to go It's a in. good time. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, think what, what would help is if you put them near the rooms where you want them to be. Because the context here is the Cobalts know, where, know that the adventurers are coming. So if they want to set up an ambush and be out of sight, that's totally plausible. Um, Does anyone want to help Zuck like just attack right away? Yes. As soon as they get into the into the just cat room, punching right in the face. Yeah. Then That'll be. I'm gonna have low. Itchy hiding in the chair and salad bar room, like kind of in one of the Warrens or whatever, or or one of the one of their tunnels, you know. Mm -hmm. Just just like in case one of them survives and and needs to be healed somehow mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can run in there get healed and go back i guess but uh yeah zuck's gonna be like front and center like ready to die <laughs> cable's gonna hang out in this right. chair <laughs> <laughs> nice so all of the kobolds kind of um you all batten down the hatches and hide where you need to and prepare for battle our view cuts to the outside of this kobold warren as we see emerging from the bushes, the four or the four adventurers we saw gathering and making their way into the Whiteleaf Wood to find this cobalt home. We see the rogue currently standing up from the ground with their finger tracing over a cobalt track. With a quick glance, they look over um, the sheer rock face ahead and small in the, in the wall, they see a tiny, tiny door. It's reminiscent of a fairy door. Um, probably big enough for a large cat to fit through. And the rogue goes, I think they are in there. They look over their shoulder. We see the um, the cleric, Holdren. She motions to the door and the rogue makes his way forward. Is the door to your home locked? Or barricaded? Protected in any way? I mean, if we knew someone was coming, we would probably barricade it. Yeah. Okay. We could pile up some of the bones that are in that room. And the salad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to eat that anyways. <laughs> so, to set up how this game works mechanically, the witch is in the back of the Cobalt Warren, casting a ritual to get help for the, the clan. While the witch is casting this spell, the adventurers are trying to reach that room. The adventurers are run by me, the GM. And the Cobalt's goal is to use up 10-minute chunks of time called adventuring turns to prevent the adventurers from reaching the room and killing the witch before she can summon help. And if they if they manage to get to her and win, there's a very high chance they'll be able to wipe out the whole kobold dead and take all their treasure, which admittedly is probably not much. Oh. So we begin our... Well, you guys, if you look at the map, we do have a pretty large pile of gold back there. I'm just saying, like, it's our treasure. Pudding hot tub. That's pretty... That's not cheap. Yeah, man. We spent all of our money on pudding. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all went. Um, That's where it all went. So, Zuck, can I get a perception check? Yes. Uh, what's perception based off of? Um, wisdom? Oh, you don't have a skill as a kobold. Just roll me a d20. 
okay. You don't have to use roll 20 to roll, by the way. You can also just, if you have dice on hand, you can do that. Got a 14. Ooh. Okay. Um, what is your wisdom modifier? Negative one. Negative one. So 13. Zuck, you're standing there holding your weapon in anticipation. And you can hear the gentle turning of your your knife tunnel slowly yes. rotating. I'm like standing right next to it, waiting for something to pop out. You hear the sound of a furious kick. And then Uh-oh. you hear bones topple across the floor. And you see, as you're peeking around the corner, a light, sh- a bright shaft of light shine into the room. And from outside, looking in, we see a large mural on the entryway of this cobalt warren, made of old and slightly decaying planks of wood. We see a large painting made with wax crayons and haphazard paint that the cobalts have gathered and taken from places all over, anywhere they could get it. We see a family portrait drawn with childlike glee and wonder of the entire cobalt family. In the middle is a clearly angry illustration of the witch, clutching her staff and sneering at the person entering the door. Scattered among this altar on the floor, there are dozens and dozens of animal bones. And written in Draconic, it says, Welcome home. Zuck, you hear the cleric go, Well, that's lovely. Isn't that? One after the other, you hear footsteps touch down on the soft soil of the entryway to your home. Right now, the four adventurers are standing inside this entryway. One of them looks off to the left as you hear the gentle creaking of wood as the tunnel of blades, or what did we call it? Or what did you guys call it? It's like one of those like funhouse tunnels where you like walk through them and they and they they rotate around. Okay, it's terrifying. But yeah, but it like totally confuses you, and this one's covered in, in blades. I just found a great way to do this. So as the adventurers explore the home, you guys can describe the stuff that they encounter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah perfect. Cool. So you guys, so it's less me narrating because you guys made this place. I want you to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, just remind us what's in it. Cause it's been a while. Also, yeah. that room that they're in has a whole bunch of bouncy balls all over the floor. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Let's get some dexterity saves. Yes. <laughs> I think he, I think Zuck is just like hiding in this little hole in the wall. He's just like, oh man, I just can't wait till they fall. Yeah. So you watch as the cleric. She's the first one to step in. She steps into the room, and her foot presses down on the bouncy ball, and your face kind of curls with a little smile. And then you watch her lift up her foot and just turn over and go, "Everyone, watch your step. There's traps about." And carefully, the rest of the party steps into this room. Um, can someone roll me a d6? Six. As they're all standing there, so this dice roll is a mechanic um, built into this game. When Usually when the adventurers are given something new or you're not entirely sure how they would react to this situation. Because unlike this, the players know the whole layout of the dungeon. I'm playing the adventurers. They don't know the layout. So to remove a kind of meta-knowledge, you can roll to see what the adventurers do. And as she says, as um, Holdren says, watch your step, you hear the wizard go, um, these, these, these bones are, uh, they're, they're kind of, uh, they're, they're kind of scary. <laughs> Holdren, are you sure this is a good idea? 
And Zuck, you watch as Holdren, with a fury you admire, spins around and grabs Thedon by the scruff of his old robe. And you watch his, his old wrinkled face curl up in fear. And she starts yelling at him. You know it all. You it. You're a coward. We have come here. We, we've come here to take all the goods. All of it. You agreed. You're not turning back now. And she slaps him across the face. And he goes, <laughs> and then the other two converge on them and they start to break up a fight. <laughs> Which these two are kind of hitting each other and arguing and oh beating each other up. What would you guys like to do? I'm just going to like turn around to the ranger that's like right next to me. What's the ranger's name? Uh, just call her the queen. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so I'm going to turn around to the queen and say, My lady, this is going to be easier than I expected. Oh, really? Shall we take them out now or later? Just wait till they come in. Well, all right then. Fine, if we must. Um. So while they're arguing, um, can both of you roll me a stealth check? Yes. Which would be a D20 plus your dex modifier. Oh, this is starting off oh, great. Oh, nat 20. Nice. I did not. Oh, God. What did you roll? I, oh, dear. I rolled a seven. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is typical for me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Why are we playing with Nikki? <laughs> I mean, it... This is a scenario where you're supposed to, some of you are supposed to die. So it works out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they spend the next five minutes or so fighting and arguing with each other, wasting time. They've used one adventuring turn to essentially argue with each other on your doorstep. Excellent. And at the very end of this adventuring turn, you, Zuck, and um, the queen, you both hear, shh. I think. I heard something. And they start to make their way towards this tunnel filled with blades. And Zaka's just like, yeah, you did. You sure did. You're so... <laughs> He's just like getting excited. <laughs> with this, you see the this rogue walk forward and goes, this is very strange machination. And they start to look over this tunnel filled with blades and knives. <laughs> You see them looking it over. Now, I would like you guys to tell me how this thing is disarmed so that it stops rotating and become becoming a danger. It requires their bodies to die on it first. <laughs> Smart asses. I think it literally <laughs> has to be like jammed with something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Like if one of them gets stuck in it, that would work. But like, because I don't think we really designed it to stop. Okay, um, so I got this. You see the rogue, Zuck, while you're peeking around. You're peeking, let's say you're peeking through a tiny kobold hole with like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like an arrow slit. You see the rogue crouch down, like knees spread apart, and they're looking at the machination. And they reach down and pick up a bone off the floor and just deftly throw it into the tunnel. And you kind of smile with glee as you hear the bone being ripped apart. And then you hear a loud... as you realize the tunnel has stopped moving. Oh. You watch as they they all carefully make their way into the next chamber. Now, before they enter, you know they're coming. Where whoever's in this room, position yourselves where you would like to. 
Okay, I'm right next to the door. As soon as I see him, I'm gonna swing, and I'm already raging. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm next to the door too. All right. Wait. I'm yeah. a little ways because I'm range, baby. Hold on. I'll probably just throw my stick though. I mean, she's not that great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume I'm gonna die instantaneously, so I want to get like one good hit in. So with the rogue leading the front. They make their way through this tunnel of blades. Um, I guess both of you would have actions held. Yeah. Roll me yes. a stealth check. We'll see if you guys get a surprise attack or not. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Six. Natural 19. 12. Uh, is that plus my dex? Yes. Uh, so that makes 21. 12. And Scruff, what did the fighter roll? Six. Six. Okay. So <laughs> Zuck, you're going to get a surprise attack as this combat starts. <laughs> the barbarian is the one that gets a... You watch the rogue step into the dim, very, very, very dim light of this chamber. And as the, their eyes are adjusting to the light, um, Queen, you make eye contact with this rogue. And they reach into their belt to pull out a dagger and notice the fighter to the left of them. And our camera view is looking up at the rogue as we see Zuck leaping from one of the cats Cat, like the catwalks on the ceiling, swinging down with what weapon are you using? I'm a barbarian. Oh. Uh, I just have like, I think I have like a really big bone, like from something. <laughs> like a Flintstones bone? Oh. Yeah, I got like a, a big bone that I'm using as a club. Oh Christ. I love it, roll me an attack roll with advantage because okay. he doesn't know you're there. Sweet. Okay, <laughs> that wasn't good. Uh, oh sweet, okay. Uh, I got a 12 plus four. So 16? Just hits. Um, so oh, first... oh, sweet! Okay, so your attack hits. Roll me some damage. It should say on your okay. monster sheet. Oh, 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 1d10 plus 2. I have to find another. I have to find a d10. Hang on. Wow, that's a lot. I never use all my dice. Is this my d10? I never use a d10. I rolled a 10! <laughs> plus um, 2 is 12. 12 damage. Damn. Okay, so you cleave in and deal 12 damage to the side of this rogue as the bone just hits him in the side of the face. Yes. Do you scream, bone appetite? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, Nikki, it's bone at the teeth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. Oh, my husband would be so proud of me. AV, heads up. Um, if you want to be a part of this combat, you guys have, I think, eight minions to use. You can drop in whenever you want. Those minions can be like an animal. It could be like a kobold. I actually have a stat for a main coon if you want to be a main coon. Dude. Oh my god. Killing yeah. Our yeah, how about the main coons attack? You're not killing our cats. <laughs> yeah, don't touch the cats. <laughs> so but, the but cats warlock. But it'd be so freaking cool. Oh, your warlock is in here. I'm sorry. Yeah, All right, cool. my warlock sucks is in there. Awesome. All right, so everyone roll me an initiative check. For Susanna, that's just going to be a d20 plus your dexterity modifier. I know. Oh, you well, do? Okay. I listen to a lot of D&D &D shows. I mean, okay, that's uh, a good point. 10 plus, plus 2 is 12. Plus dex modifier, you said? Yep. 13. 16. You. Nikki, you're up. The Ooh, queen. Okay. You get to go first. Okay. And I made eye contact with the rogue, right? Yep. Right before the rogue got hit in the face with a giant bone. Okay. So she is going to yell... How dare you look at me without asking? I am the queen! And then she's going to chuck the stick at the rogue. 
Okay, roll me an attack. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Do you want me to do dex since I'm throwing something? Yep. You can 20. use your proficiency. 20, that it's, hits. It's at 20 dirty. Okay, sweet. Uh, uh, what do you want me to roll for damage? Um, Whatever your attack is on the, the monster sheet. We're going to okay. be nice and loose with this. 1d4 plus 2. Okay. 5 whole bludgeoning damage. Nice. Not bad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Five whole damage. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. This rogue is hurt. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> back around my turn. <laughs> hey, uh, whoever's playing the fighter, um, this guy, stay within five feet of that rogue and we'll kill him because I get advantage on attacks as long as I'm within... Uh, or I think most kobolds do. Oh, do they? Yeah. Is, that, is that the pack tactics? Yep, yep, yeah. Okay, name. everyone's got it. Sweet. Then come closer to me. <laughs> <laughs> Surround him. Um, so after that, you get you both hear someone's shoulder passed and grab the rogue by the shoulders, Ugh. pull him back, step forward. Would that be an attack of opportunity? Um, since we're moving out of our range. Yeah. Or do they have to? I'll do I'll it? Let, yeah, you... the rogue. We get the attack of opportunity on the rogue. Yeah, I'll let you have it. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Stomp the shit out of them. We both would, because they're both within range. Um, Natural 20. Oh my god. An 11. 11. Okay, the 11 misses, the 20 absolutely hits. So roll me a d10, add your modifiers, and whatever you roll on the d10, that gets doubled, because it's a natural 20. Oh, oh sweet. Yeah, 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 okay. A 10! Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, 22 points of damage. Uh, does my rage give me any bonuses to damage or just to attack? I think you get a, a bonus, like a plus one or something. You have a plus two bonus on the damage roll, yep. Okay, so as this happens, you watch the fighter grab the rogue by the shoulder and tug him backwards. And as oh my God. as he does, Zuck, you go straight in and how, how do you knock the rogue unconscious? Excellent. Um, yeah, so I just see like a hand come out and like grab the back of the shirt and i think i just am like oh gotta hit him and so i just aim for center mass and i can feel my bone just like cracking ribs okay as i hit him as he leaves the ribs crack and you hear the rogue (gasps) gasp out and you hear the fighter go idiot always rushing in and then zuck (laughs) so the rogue hits the ground behind callan and is kind of laying in your weird funhouse tunnel and Zuck, yes. you see the, the fighter immediately look at you. Of course. Mm. I am ready to die. I took one of them out. It's all right. <laughs> I'm sure the cleric is going to bring it back. What's your armor class? Uh, 14. Ooh, only one of those hits. Oh, wow. <laughs> Multiple uh, attacks. Yep. Oh, yikes. It's fine. You're probably going to kill me now. So you watch Callan unsheath a rapier from his belt and swing forward and use your bone club to deflect it. And then the second one very quickly stabs you right in the chest. How many hit points do you have left? You take 10 piercing damage. I take five piercing damage. Nice. I have 20 hit points left. Damn. I'm a big strong boy. I'm really glad only one of those hit. I could whap again. Whoa, whoa now. That sounded wrong. I know. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, No, that's not a good idea. Wizard is not that stupid. Fireball? That mm, has a radius. Don't, don't tell me. Um, well, you guys don't see what happens. Fighter, it's your turn. Okay. Bill, um, Will, or William. 
<laughs> we don't uh, know. Let's say Will. I'm gonna walk around here mm-hmm. to my buddy, and I'm gonna make a uh, multiple attacks at him. Oh, you got I can do it too, right? Nice. Okay. Yeah, multi-attack. Nine, 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 and eight. Yeah, I'm doing a uh, manual rolls from now on. So yeah, your what? What's your weapon look like? It's a shovel. You're swinging a <laughs> shovel at this fighter who is kind of ducking and weaving beneath your blows. And you go to like whop them in the face and they actually put their hand up and catch the shovel in their hand and they're eyeing you. Oh no. And then our view careens away across the room, weaving past these pillars and these catwalks. And we see the warlock posted up against the cat houses along the wall. What would you like to do? Okay, so Snucks would like, uh, where, are the cur- where are the cats currently? Um, most of them are pinned up. Okay. You guys have kind of locked them in to prevent them from getting killed because they're cats. Uh, I will like to chuck an Eldritch Blast at, uh, at the fighter. Ooh. Oof. Oh, okay. Aw, oh, crap. Kidding. So what does it look like as you miss? <laughs> I probably chip over myself. Really excited to like help out, you know, and then I just, I trip over something okay. or other in this thing. Um, just like a stumble, a little stumble. As that happens, you watch your blast of energy careen over Callan's head and impact on the wall. Um, next up, we have the warlock or the rogue. You guys don't see what happens, but you hear quicken footsteps. By the way, don't forget to <laughs> to put re-put Zuck in the turn order. Oh, so then it would be your turn. Okay, sweet. I am gonna try to attack this guy that's right next to me. So that's a natural one. Oof. What does it look like when you miss? <laughs> I think I'm still like trying to get the rogue. <laughs> so I'm just like, so I'm just like, where'd he go? And I can't quite see him. And so I just like hit around the wall. <laughs> I don't yeah. even hit this guy. Okay. Um, yeah. So you swing down right under, right over this fighter's head. Then you hear the quick, you hear the quick footsteps of the rogue kind of making their way down this tunnel. And fighter William. No. You hear the sound of a bell toll in your head. Uh-oh, that's not good. Um, can you roll me a... You know what? Let's just call it a constitution save because the webpage isn't loading. <laughs> it's taking okay, too long. Better. Ooh, that's a six. You have not been hurt yet, <laughs> so you will take four necrotic damage as this bell tolls through your head and it gives you a really, really bad headache. Next up in the order, Ranger, what would you like to do? You're standing across the room away from the opening of this tunnel, probably about 15 feet from where you see Zuck and William fighting this fighter with a rapier and a bow on their back, on his back. Okay, what is around me, like, on the floor? <laughs> um, plenty of rocks, debris. There's hay, there's little chips of wood from the cats kind of constantly clawing at everything in this room. Okay, I would like to, um, like, as an action, grab a, a rock mm-hmm. and, like, try to like clean it off on my clothes but I'm, I'm stinky and like I smell like manure and stuff so basically I just get the rock dirty I guess mm-hmm. and then I would like to chuck it <laughs> oh okay so your sling so um roll me an attack sure. I rolled a natty one. <laughs> oh my gosh guys yeah so you hear the rock kind of bounce and bound around this um chamber and it, it sails past the fighter's head and bounces into the fun tunnel um, <laughs> and then William and Zuck, you're going to get an attack of opportunity as you watch Yes. Um, Callan, the fighter, start to realize that this is not safe and start to back up. Oh, sweet. 12 plus uh, 16. 
15 plus 4, 19. Um, um, so Zuck, you swing wide again, maybe just in a desperate fury as Cal and the fighter steps away from you. Um, fighter, or William, sorry, I keep calling him by his token name. What does it look like when you hit him? Um, I just smack down on his big toe, like edge <laughs> down with the hand, with the uh, oh. trouble. Okay, um, roll me some damage. A six okay. and uh two. Um, so he takes a step backwards and you, both of you looking down the tunnel, you see the hunched over frightened form of this wizard who goes, I don't know how many of you are there, but I hope you die. And they raise their hand and point, and you guys watch as a little red mote of light appears in the wizard's hand. Oh yeah. no! Oh no! Oh no! Don't do this to us. Here comes the, uh, the sails into the room, right towards <laughs> this light fixture. And it was guys, nice knowing you. Everyone, make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh. Everyone except the warlock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thirteen. Okay. Fourteen. Seventeen. Um, who rolled over a fifteen? Not me. me. Okay. The queen did. The queen did. Okay. No, you do not. And we hate sunlight, so. Ooh. Whoever passed the save, you take half damage. So you take thirteen fire damage. Ow. Whoever Ow, failed dead. the save, whoever failed the save takes twenty-six. We're dead. Oh god. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's dead. Oh wow, I'm still up. Uh, <laughs> what are you at, William? Oh, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. There's no, there's no, I don't think anyone has higher than 26 HP. No, nope. I had 25 and I have the most. Um, yeah. So we see the wizard frighteningly raise their pointed crooked finger and we watch a tiny moat of fire sail into the room and Snucks, you see it hit the floor and you're like, wow, that wasn't so... And your eye, your pupils dilate from the light and it's almost blinding for a second. And as it comes back, there's nothing left of Zuck or William. I have a question. Are we technically unconscious or are we actually dead? Uh, kobolds in this game uh, do not get death saves. They just okay. die. Because you guys have, That's what I wanted you to each have three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just had to make sure. <laughs> yep. Can the queen save my loyal subjects? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Snucks, you hear this as you watch the ash of two of your friends fall to the ground. What would you like to do? You can't see anybody at the moment. Well, you might be able to, you could see the wizard maybe a little bit. Well, this is, this, we found ourselves in a pickle, Queen. The only thing I can do is try to use Eldritch Blast again. Because the other one that I have is within a 10 radius. Okay. Roll me an attack. Do the thing. That hits. Yes. Okay, and then it's a, on hit, the target takes 1d, 10 force damage. Oh my god. God. Three. <laughs> Oof. Okay. From the tunnel, you 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 see the bolt of force impact on the wizard. It hits their wrist, and you see them duck into the shadow, and you hear, My finger! And then from <laughs> the, the tunnel, you hear, You're next! Panic! You guys might want to retreat, because <laughs> we have lots of bolt holes. Yeah, retreating is always an option. And this chamber is also a puzzle that's meant to hurt them or slow yeah. them down. Can I just scream for, for the queen to... Uh to uh, retreat. Get your can... royal booty out of here! <laughs> Most of this chamber is filled with little tunnels you can use to escape if you need to. Definitely escape. Okay, if you use I'll your full to... movement, I'll say you can get into one of these tiny little cobalt tunnels oh. you all have made. Snux has retreated from combat. So next up in the order, 
queen, you can't necessarily see what's happening to um, okay. the road. Stepping into the light, you see a female dwarf with a, with a shining shield on her wrist and a large mace in her hand. And queen, she points at you. Um, and you hear a, the, the sound of a bell start to chime in your head. Can oh, I get a wisdom saving again? Oh, God. <laughs> I actually rolled a 17. Nice. Okay, you pass, so you don't take any damage. Um, you hear this bell chime, and you start to, like, shake your head off. Maybe it's the anger from losing two of your subjects. <laughs> um, your turn. You're the only kobold left in the room. You'll pay for this, you and your little bell! And then she is going to retreat. <laughs> yeah. So you run off. Um, you, I guess you don't go up the, the sneaky shoot. Um, can you just roll me a stealth check? Yeah! Um, well... I rolled a six, so okay. that's fantastic. I rolled a five. Oh, God! <laughs> oh, no way! Yes! You take off, and your little feet pattering on the mud as you sprint out of this room. You hear the cleric go, No! Stop! I'll break your legs! And then you <laughs> dig your little cobalt hands into the, uh, the dirt and climb into a little cobalt tunnel and vanish. Um, you hear quickened footsteps behind you, um, and you hear her standing in the room, kind of cursing to herself. She's not exactly sure what happened. Um, Good. She deserves it. <laughs> you need to get the itchy. <laughs> um, so, someone roll me a d6. I gotcha. With all of you vanquished, you hear the, the, the cleric go, Spread out, check the room. They're either hiding, or there's some gold here. Three. Alright, let's see what they do. So they all start to fan out a little bit, and you see Queen. Are you still peeking through your little cobalt hole? I would yeah. like to say yes. Itchy. Okay, so you, you're peeking through a little cobalt hole in the wall, and you see her quickly look around and assess the room. And then you see her turn towards the, the slip and slide tunnel that you guys have made that's filled with, what is it? Cabled's hair gel, I think is what we yes. going to. Yes, it's the hair gel. Yes. <laughs> hair. This room had a fake exit. Oh, that is a wall. You're there was correct. a door. All yeah, right. it's a it wall. Door. It's not a real door. Yeah. It's not on the map. Okay, so um, she looks around, and with no clear exits in mind, there has to be a trick here somewhere. Now, I'm going to roll an investigation check. For... While you're doing that, is yep. it possible for the queen to come to Egypt? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Heal? This this turn takes ten minutes, so you can definitely make okay, that sweet. distance. I'm not sure if that's the first thing that would come to her mind. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I like I appreciate that. I want to heal you. I know, but <laughs> to set the scene, inside this large chamber that reeks of cats, there are stone pillars that go up to the ceiling and wooden catwalks arranged all over the place in a like a menagerie of these kind of crosswalks. It's a cat condo paradise. Yeah. You see Holdren start to look around the room, and she, with this kind of commanding voice, goes, Someone, give Run one of your potions, heal him up. We are not stopping. I am not letting them escape. And the rogue. If they're robbing us, you know they can't afford potions. <laughs> no, that's not. We're not that lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so the fighter tends to the rogue's wounds by giving him a potion. And while this is happening, you um, whoever's watching through this like hidey hole, you see Holdren touch her shield and mutter a word to herself, and you watch this kind of gold like glow over her for a moment, 
and she looks around the room. Would someone here like to roll me a D100? I gotcha. 68. Um, you watch Holdren look around the room carefully. And as she does, you see her like focus in and look at stuff. And as this happens, you watch the light around her kind of flare up and glow. And she looks towards a tunnel. Well, a fake wall that you all had kind of quickly, hastily built at the back entrance. And first you see the wizard standing here poking at one of these spotlights that you had built up, which are basically medieval laser pointers for cats. You see him kind of angling the light around and seeing what it does. And he looks over his shoulder and goes, I I think this is some kind of pup. And as he says it, you watch Holdren put up her hand. And she goes, quiet, wizard. That wall is fake. Quickly, we can break it down. And they make their way over and start to break down the wall. Let's roll an athletics check. There we go, 15. 15. With a quick kick of her boot, she kicks the rock wall, the, the fake kind of rock wall that you had built up, and it all stumbles, like the rocks tumble down. And we can see a dark ramp like a, a, a steep incline leading up into the darkness. And you immediately hear the rogue go, oh, what is that smell? <laughs> it's flammable. Holdren says under her breath, it's the, smell, it's the smell of victory. And she starts <laughs> to try and climb forward. Now, how did you guys rig up this tunnel to hurt them? Let's tell the, Let's paint a picture for the listeners. It's just a greasy flammable tunnel, right? Yeah, with hair gel, that's really difficult to climb. I had figured you had maybe rigged up some kind of flask that would like... Well, if not, I have Sacred Flame. Okay. Um. So would you say one of you were kind of waiting to light up the tunnel as they climb in? Yeah, I'm like hiding in a hole like right across the 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 way from the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, I have... Hang on. I was going to wait until there were a couple of them in there. I wasn't going to do it. Yep. Okay, so we'll assume optimal. Run the Rogue is kind of trailing at the back because Run is hurt the most. Um, The Rogue's name is Run? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the the Rogue's name is Run because they're cowardly and greedy. So they get curious, they push it, and then when things happen, go bad, they try and run immediately. Oh, that's funny. They cautiously start to make their way forward into the tunnel. If you Uh like to spring a trap, now would be the time. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, okay. You don't even have to roll an attack. Just roll me 4 Yeah, I don't think I do. Yeah, you have to make a dexterity saving throw. Good luck in the greasy... T- yeah, I'm not even going to make you roll for that. It's just going to ignite the whole tunnel and deal, like, 4d6 fire damage. Okay, they also get 1d8 radiant damage. Um. Well, it's only one creature, so it would be Holdren at the front. I'll roll my d8 if okay. I can find it. Is this my d8? Oh, my D8's the one I've been playing with. Okay. Actually, if we're going to use the spell, don't worry about the Sacred Flame. Okay. Um, because Holdren passed that save. Him. Yeah, I see that. We still got the 5D, or 4D6 fire damage. All right. I can roll that too if you want. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. One, six, three, two. Not great. 12, to, 12 total damage. Okay, so only Holdren passes. <laughs> Lucky bugger. <laughs> Yeah, so what does it look like as you light this tunnel up? Yeah, as soon as Haldron is, like, within view, I'm just going to... And then I think Pauldron... Haldron. Haldron can look up and see, like, out from a hole in the wall, like a little magical finger, like a little little glowing magical finger, and they 
Now I have just enough time to, to get out of the way before I go poof, and a sacred flame <laughs> pops out and <laughs> lands on top of that one. Yeah, so as that happens, yeah, the, the, the light goes to wash over Holdren, and you hear her go, hit the deck! And she, like, leans against the wall as without her realizing that the whole tunnel just lights up around them. You see smoke pouring out of the tunnel, and you hear burnt flesh. Um, and you hear the the creaky voice of the wizard go, I guess I deserve that a little. <laughs> yes. Um... So at this point, what would the kobolds waiting in this this room like to do? At the top of this room, there is a smoking kind of billowing like smog. It's disgusting because they lit up a tunnel filled with hair gel um, <laughs> from their wrapper bard. But this plume of smoke rolls up into the ceiling and we see this large open chamber. On one side of the room, there are three tables covered in vegetables, fresh, old, some of them really old and gross. Um, across the room, we see a pristine chair backed against the wall, surrounded by boxes of like fruit and vegetables. Um, this is, I think, in the tweet we called it the salad bar of desolation. <laughs> so, what are you three kobolds doing, or what? What the kobolds that are in this room, or anyone who would like to be? What would you? What are you doing right now? Nogs the rogue is going to shimmy their way up against the wall and starfish out and then mumble I am invisible and that's how he will get ready okay <laughs> I'm hiding in my hole I see no reason I should move my little cleric okay my cleric is not a fighter I have I have a sacred flame and that's it okay Bill is hiding under the salad bar um, <laughs> eating a salad and crying <laughs> this is very scary shit. Yep. Okay. He's here to heal people. He's not here to fight. And who would like to be would anyone be actually yeah, would anyone like to be piloting the min minion? Or Nikki, uh, if you would like one of your kobolds to be in here. I'll be the minion if you want. No, no, you what the point of this is, as the the enemies, the adventuring party encounters rooms, you just put your kobolds in there if you want them to be. If you guys wanted to put all 12 kobolds in the first encounter, you totally could have. It wouldn't have went well, but you totally could have. <laughs> you have absolute, this is your dungeon. You have total reign of where your people go. Oh, well, I was just going to say that I was a, a like a main coon hanging out with, with the crying guy trying to, to oh. you know, make him feel better and maybe stealing some of the salad for myself. I love that a lot. I love it. <laughs> Just a frightened kobold and a giant cat. I'm sorry, this might get really sad. <laughs> yeah, it might. Um, I, I want to find a way to trick them over to the chair. That's my only goal right now. Okay, so um, I think Bill, that was your name? The paladin? Oh, uh, yeah. Roll me a stealth check. Ooh, stealth is dex. Why are you doing this to me? I got a 12. You watch... Holdren climb out of this of this hole and righted her back as Callan with a with the bow now drawn. Nogs, are you trying to like hide? Like, are you trying to ambush them? It, that's what their their goal is, but it's not really hiding. Roll me a stealth Again. check if you would like. You can do it at disadvantage. That's your call. Yes. They just they believe that if they just believe that they're invisible, like if they truly believe, then they will be. Invisible. <laughs> I love it. How? All right. 
I'm gonna do a 15. The yeah. disadvantage is the 15. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. That's really good. So they all look in the room and spread out, and you watch the archer draw his bow back and like survey the whole room, and you watch him glide over you and you hold your breath. And he just passes by. Um and he looks around and you hear him go, the room is clear. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, Excellent. And they all step out just fine. Run climbing up. You guys can see his run peeks out. Nogs, you see this this other oh, halfling. You see this halfling rogue climb up out of the, the tunnel of awfulness. Their their face is scorched and they are like holding their ribs like they're broken. And they're like wearily looking around the room. And you you watch Run raise their hand and go. I, I think we, we we need to rest. I I might die if we keep going. If they sit down, can I throw another sacred flame at him? They sit down in the chair. Wait, they're trying to rest, right? Yeah. There's it's a, a beautiful trip. chair. No, no, I'm gonna wait until uh, to see if he sits down in the chair. Here's what we're gonna do. Someone roll me a d6. All right, two. Holdren starts to walk forward, and she says, "We don't have time." To bandage your wounds, coward. We need to keep moving. We need to find the kobolds. They're escaping and warning the rest of the group that we are here. Um, and you hear the rogue go, <coughs> and you watch him spit up a little bit of blood on the ground. And you watch Holdren roll her eyes. And she puts her hand on um, Run's shoulder. 26? Damn. What did you... <laughs> What were you rolling for? You watch this golden light come off of Holdren as... Itchy, you would recognize this spell. Cure wounds. Of course. Um, as Holdren, you watch as Run's posture gets a little bit better. They stop holding their ribs. And you can see that like the charred portions of their face that were blown away by that explosion have like kind of healed up. And their breathing has gotten better. And they're like, all right, I I think we can keep moving. I'm, I'm feeling a bit better. I immediately throw a sacred flame. Okay. Oh god. Chaos. Roll me initiative. As our dear kobolds of the White Leaf Warren begin their battle against these invaders, another conflict is occurring just beyond the sight of our mortal eyes. Affixed to the staff of the old wizard is a small shard of black crystal. In the dim light of this cave, it shimmers with an opalescent light. And for a moment, within its reflective form, we see millions of motes of light dancing within. Starlight in a world without stars of its own. On the material plane, this wondrous crystal seems mundane, a simple tool for channeling magic. But on the plane of dream, it is something else entirely. On the floor at the wizard's feet, upon the spectral writhing plane of dream, we see a trail of inky black liquid leading down the hair gel filled ramp through the warren and into the woodlands beyond. Each dot of starlit liquid growing from an endless source, a contamination that reaches towards the glowing spectral constructs of the dreamscape craving something it cannot obtain. The spectral light of the dreamscape fades in this chamber of the Warren, 
And with every mote of dreamscape absorbed, the starlight within this inky fluid grows brighter, and the pools grow wider. Something within is craving the life it can no longer feed upon, feasting on a pale reflection of what it truly desires. Hey everybody, and thanks for sticking around. It was really great having Nikki, Susanna, Scruffy, and Avi with us to play the 11th hour. This game was written by Karolina Kawupska, who, as you may already know, plays Joanna on The Gilded Lily, our resident rage wizard. You should also check out that show. It's crazy fun. Anyways, this episode in particular was recorded a few months ago, and it was a blast. We just quite haven't had a good spot to fit it in the story just yet. Through this wonderful side story, we get to learn what these black crystals do, and maybe realize the danger of just carrying one in your bag of hold. I'm sorry, your bag that holds things. Anyways, our show and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscape, which you'll find in our episode description and on Bandcamp. Anyways, stay safe and see you soon.